Welcome to Indispensable, where we provide you with evidence-based medication advice so that you can feel empowered about your own health. I'm your host, Anna Barwick, and I'm an experienced clinical pharmacist, academic and PhD candidate. Join me as we hear from the medication experts, pharmacists. Episode 9, Mental Health, Perinatal Considerations. Marlene Lim is a passionate pharmacist and health educator with professional interests in mental health and children and women's health and well-being. Registered both in Malaysia and Australia, she is a pharmacy owner in Malaysia and also a mental health first aid instructor. With over 10 years experience in pharmacy health services, delivered in both metro and rural areas, and over 15 years experience in providing motivational and personal grooming consultancy and event production, Marlene has been exposed to individuals with mental health issues from different sectors. Marlene is especially interested in raising awareness around mental health and wellbeing among parents, the elderly, teenagers and small business owners and empowering participants to be mental health first aid first responders for their family members, friends, colleagues and the community. During the COVID crisis, she volunteers her time through founding the Facebook group COVID Care Community Malaysia Group and moderating the Australian-inspired Adopt a Healthcare Worker Malaysia Group which helps to improve mental health of the community and spread positivity. Marlene is a mother of two and loves spending time cooking, traveling, watching movies, and recently added gardening into her list of hobbies. Hi, Marlene. How are you? Good. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for having me. Oh, and that's a pleasure. I'm so glad you could join us on Indispensable. Now, Marlene, you, uh, you know a lot about mental health, particularly around pregnancy and birth. And I just wanted to ask you, how does pregnancy and birth actually affect uh, a woman's mental health? Well, most people think that being pregnant, giving birth um, and having children should only equal to one kind of emotion, which is joy and excitement. Mm -hmm. And that is so not true. Uh, Becoming (laughs) a parent, yes, exactly. Becoming a parent brings a wide range of emotions and challenges. And it can be from one end of happiness to the other end of stress stress and apprehension. The physical changes itself can affect a person mood and feeling. So it's common to feel a yo-yo effect of ups and downs. I know a number of people who feel quite stressed at this time, particularly because they know it's a big change that they can't fully prepare for or control. I mean, I can remember when I'm pregnant, you have all kinds of people trying to feed you information from the good and the bad ones. And it's really a lot to absorb sometimes. And for these reasons, pregnancy can increase the likelihood of developing a mental health condition. Absolutely. And I I remember feeling like that um, when I had both of my babies, kind of having that day three or day four baby blues where you just cry, you know, and you you don't even know why you're crying. You're just crying. (laughs) Um, So how how would a woman know or, you know, the family that, that is helping to support a woman? Hopefully she has that support. But if they're around, how could they maybe tell that, you know, maybe this actually is a mental health crisis and this is more than just a change in hormones and and it's something that might actually be long-term, like ongoing, or, or really severe and impacting on the quality of life of the woman? Well, um, in terms of symptoms, right, it really ranges from um, um, different individuals. It can range from panic attacks, abrupt mood swings, being nervous, 
sleeping too much or not sleeping at all, finding hard to concentrate, being easily annoyed or cry to risky behaviors and even including having thoughts of suicide. So as you can see, right, it really range from one end to the other end. So it's really hard sometimes for some people to tell, like you mentioned, you said like having normal baby blues is really common, but how do you tell when someone is actually um, having perinatal anxiety or depression or actually having a crisis? So I always um, remind uh, people to focus on three things. Uh, the first one is um, the period that they're having it. If it has been more than two weeks of feeling uh, severe lows and feeling depressed, unhappy, and feeling a little bit more negative than usual, then it's definitely a warning sign. The second of all would be how the person um, relationship is going on uh, between the person and their partner, the family members or, or friends. If the relationship is getting um, a little bit um, unable to cope, there are more arguments than usual or the communications um, is not effective, then it's something that you want to look at. And the last but not least is the person is not coping um, in terms of their daily life, um, maybe managing um, kids dropping in and out of school and stuff like that, or can't even cook, or if they are not coping at work, or if they're not coping with taking care of their child. So basically coping mechanism is not there. So this tree is very important to see that the person may be developing or having a worsening symptom of any uh, mental illness or may be having a crisis. Absolutely. And so it sounds like it's actually a change from what is normal or common for that person. Would that be fair to say? Um, yes. Um, it's fair to say that, but sometimes it's actually very normal to feel quite low when you're pregnant. I mean, when I say a normal to feel low is that you're concerned, you're anxious, you're wondering, oh, am I going to be a good parent or not? Yes. And I think everyone feels like that. But when it comes to a point where you couldn't leave the house, so some of the things that people have described to me are things like, I felt I couldn't do anything. I find it hard to leave the house. I feel so down. Uh, why am I so miserable? I hate how my body is changing. So these are actually quite um, on the other end of a spectrum in a sense like um, it's from a, from, a rate, uh, from a scale of 1 to 10, it's going to 8, 9, 10. And you have feeling that every day, then that is something that you want to be concerned with. But definitely to feel a little bit different than usual is normal. But the abnormal is when it's more than two weeks and it's actually affecting everything in your life in more negative aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. And Indispensable advice for you. So what can someone do um, if they think somebody they love is, is experiencing a mental health crisis? The first thing they can do is actually to ask. And when I say ask, right, um, some people ask, but they, but they don't allow the person to talk. They mm. ask and immediately they might dismiss the concern and say, ah, you know, it's normal. You'll be fine. So I think that um, the best way to help someone is actually not only to ask if you're okay, but actually to listen. 
and we should listen non-judgmentally as well. So just put aside your um, judgment and listen to the person and allow silences whenever possible. And that allows the person to pour their heart out. And the other thing is that um, if we are equipped with the information um, of what the person um, could be having and how we can help them, like um, resources online, um, getting them to a GP um, or other helplines available. I think we are, we are more confident as well in helping them. So definitely re recognizing the signs and symptoms, approaching them, telling them we care in a very non-judgmental way and to encourage the person to um, get appropriate help. Um, then we are able to get them the support that they need. And the earlier it is, the better. Absolutely. And I know some people are quite hesitant to actually ask if, if people are feeling that they're suicidal. What's a good way to do that? Wow. This is, <laughs> this is, this is definitely not um, an easy way for anyone at all because um, when I'm um, trying to help um, many people on how to do this, when people come and ask me, Marlene, how to do it, when I tell them this is the best way, it's, it's, actually quite, um, it's actually quite surprising for them because they feel that that is not the right way. Mm. So the best way to do it is actually to ask directly. And people may feel like, what? I can't do it, you know, because they feel like, are you sure? Am I putting the thoughts in the head? Am I mm. making it worse? You know, um, but this is actually from um, um, research and clinical evidence that says that this is actually the best way to help someone who may have a suicidal thoughts or suicidal behavior. So asking them directly, and it has to be non-ambiguous questions as well. Um, and from there, we can move on how to help them. But if you're not sure and you're assuming and you ask questions that um, can cast doubt on the person, then it's very hard for you to get the true answer to it as well. And that can be dangerous. Yeah, so the best way to help someone who um, could be experiencing a suicidal thoughts um, or having suicidal behavior is just ask directly. And then we can move on from there to keep them safe. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if someone is, you know, maybe they, they don't feel confident about talking to people if they're feeling this way, you know, particularly if they've got a newborn bub and they think they should be feeling, you know, really happy and excited, but they, they don't, how can they or where can they reach out if they don't feel comfortable with family or friends? What's the next place to go? What services are available? Oh, there's so many services available. Um, the, I mean, the easiest way, right? Most people right now, what do we do? We, we take out our phone and then we start Googling, like, okay, how to get help for this person. So the best place, I think, is um, to reach out to Panda. It's very easy to remember, right? Panda, Perinatal Anxiety and Depression in Australia. So basically, if you go online and, and, you, and you Google Perinatal Anxiety or Depression, this, this information come up and they have a helpline that is available uh, nationwide in Australia. And these people can provide information, um, referral, um, coping mechanism. So th that is if you are unable to get the person that you want to get help to see a GP directly, then this is the uh, uh, next best thing and providing the person this contact as well. And Panda can also provide you with all the other um, options that you may not know of because sometimes when you talk to um, a mother who may be experiencing all this, they, the one thing that they are 
not keen to start with, they keep thinking about having medication or antidepressant during their uh, pregnancy and they don't want to have that. And sometimes people can get stuck right there and say, oh, what do I do right now? So I feel that um, when, when you go online and there's so many information from Beyond Blue um, and Sane and um, Doc Institute and you don't know where to go to, just remember Panda. And when you click Panda, it comes up with all the information that you need. How fantastic. And so we'll put a link in the show notes for that as well so people can easily find it. Essential, knowledgeable, indispensable. Your pharmacist. And you bring up a really good point there too about, you know, um, some medications like antidepressants in pregnancy. Are they generally safe? Oh, antidepressants are generally safe in pregnancy. When you speak to your GP, the GP can assess your situation, uh, confirm your diagnosis, and he will prescribe you antidepressants that are safe in pregnancy. And if you're breastfeeding, if it's during after your pregnancy, it will be safe in uh, breastfeeding as well. But if that antidepressant didn't suit you after a few weeks of using and it's not, um, your situation is not improving, your GP can change it to another antidepressant or adjust the dose. And there's so many antidepressants in the market and most of the antidepressants are actually safe for pregnancy. And of course, they, they, the GP will not give you something that is not safe at all. Marlene, you were talking about medications in pregnancy. Um, what can a pharmacist do for a woman that's needing to have medication while she's pregnant? Um, generally, the medication that's being prescribed from your GP are safe for pregnancy. Uh, the GP will have checked that this is appropriate for you, for your condition, and they can always change it, adjust the dose um, whenever it's not working. But whenever you have concerns starting on the medication or continuing and you couldn't get to a GP, your pharmacist is your um, next best health professional because I would say like they're the most accessible uh, frontline healthcare workers. So ask your pharmacist if you have any concern, um, especially with the side effects, like as the pharmacist is explaining to you how to take it and the potential side effects, what you need to look at, and if there's anything you need to go back to your doctor and you actually get a little bit nervous and anxious about it, I would advise you to ask the pharmacist on the spot how to recognize um, these side effects, what to do next, what can I do better, or should I talk to the doctor? So these are the things that you can actually um, discuss with your pharmacist and the pharmacist can confidently remove these worries from you because that's the last thing you want to worry about is taking your medication and worry that it will affect your pregnancy or your breastfeeding. Absolutely. And that's really reassuring. And we've actually already got an indispensable podcast about um, medications in breastfeeding too, which is great. So people can go back to listen to that if they like. So that's really reassuring. Indispensable advice for you. Now, Marlene, what are your five indispensable tips about mental health uh, in pregnancy and, and following birth? My first tip is that if you suspect, um, my first tip revolves around suicidal thoughts um, and behaviour. So if you suspect anyone may have suicidal thoughts of showing suicidal behaviour, ask directly and intervene. Don't assume or guess. 
and take it seriously. And secondly, early intervention leads to faster recovery. So we want to nip it in the bud by asking, listening, supporting, and encouraging a person positively. And the earlier the person um, can recover, uh, the sooner they can get on with enjoying their family. Third is listen and allow silences. So that itself could potentially create a change because the person felt that they are being listened to. Fourth, please don't judge that's the least you can do to help and support anyone so things like oh you get better oh you know just get on with it get over with it yeah you These don't are have anything to complain about <laughs> exactly that's yeah the worst is people comparing your situation and theirs as well mm-hmm. and then sometimes i mean one thing that is very common <laughs> is some parents or or your own parents sometimes they compare with how things were back in many years back and how hard it was and said that you had it better. I think that's really the, the worst thing to say, especially yeah. if that person is actually having a really, really hard time because everyone is so different. So please don't judge. That's the least you can do. Um, and last but not least, it's so important to take care of yourself. I mean, sometimes we forget about it, that ourself, the person who try to help another person, if you can't take care of yourself, uh, if you're not well, then you, can ta- you can't take care of another person. So it's so important to save care. So the tips is very general, but it revolves around the fact that we ourselves as the person trying to help another person, we need to have the right communication skills um, and to put away judgment and to make sure that we are in the right space of mind as well. Otherwise, that we, we may potentially make it worse. So yeah, these this are my, my tips. Excellent. Thank you, Marlene. That was wonderful and a really great summary. So thank you so much. Thank you. Indispensable contains general medicine and health advice and is not intended to be a substitute for professional individual medical advice. We endeavour to ensure it is accurate and up to date. However, we can't guarantee that it will always apply to you. Always seek the guidance of your pharmacist or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. This episode is brought to you by me, the Indispensable Pharmacist. Don't forget to subscribe to Indispensable and leave a review so we can help more people. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for Farm Online. That's P-H-A-R-M online. I'd love to hear your suggestions for the next topic to be covered on Indispensable.